Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, a Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. All right, everyone, want to welcome you to episode 82 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast, and it's exciting to be here, uh, you know, uh, with COVID raging out there. We're still here uh, bringing uh, the the Word of God to you every single week, and I hope that it makes a difference. So that's what I'm trying to get at. Make sure that uh, before you leave the podcast today, or even while you're in the podcast, just uh, invite somebody, Facebook, Twitter, text, however you get the information out. And uh, just keep the buzz going as we try to really get into the relevant parts of our life with the truth of the Bible. Pastor, I want to say uh, multiple comments have come in about the, the messages that you've been preaching recently. And I think it's just really impacting people's lives yeah. in a very, I, I think in a positive way, whether they're there. I so. I was yeah. positive, not negative. Yeah. But whether they're there or not, it's at least getting them to think right. about the fruit of the right. spirit, which right. is so important. And uh, uh, here's the thing that I've heard the most. I want those things right now. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think the fruit of the spirit that's important for us to understand is this fruit of patience. Yeah. Um, yeah, people say I want patience and I want it now, which is kind of, you know, a humorous thing, but that that's really where the rub is because de- by definition, doesn't patience take time? So, um, yeah, you would think so. Are you a pretty patient person, Trey? I can be. It depends on what it is. Traffic, no. Sometimes. (laughs) That's my uh, bugaboo is traffic. Sometimes we're forced to be patient. Like we don't have a choice but to sit Uh, and wait. Yeah. traffic, Yeah, traffic here is terrible. Last night on the way to discipleship, uh, for whatever reason, seven at the clock at night, the traffic's backed all the way past Ashley Phosphate, and I can't get off the interstate. So. You know, there's never a time that I leave, it doesn't seem anyway, there, there's ever a time I leave my house where I don't see some type of wreck or accident. Mm, that's why I have a dash cam. Because you had an accident here recently. I did, and I said never again. So, so next time, uh, you'll have that on video, and you'll be able to plead your case at... Amen. Yeah, Amen. People are crazy drivers. They are. They are. What about um, other triggers for you, Trey? Walmart, that a source of impatience for you? I just kind of, when I go in and out, it's just kind of like I'm expecting it. You know, no, you know, nothing, no one to help you anywhere. You just kind of go in and take it over. You know, uh, that's kind of how it works. But uh, I think uh, kids can get on my nerves at times. And I... And I've always heard about the grumpy old man, but it really is true. And I I found out why, because I live alone with my wife with no kids and then kids come and for those moments invade your territory. Yeah. So you you haven't had kids, little kids in your home a long time. Exactly. So So, they take a lot of time. They do. They do. So I've, I've tried to get better over the years, but uh, that probably was the most right now. I'm coaching, I'm coaching basketball for five and six year olds. Oh, Oh man. Now, there's some patience. I, yeah, I don't know who in the world thought years ago that having five- and six-year-olds play organized sports was a good idea. <laughs> like, you've gone to a t-ball game before. Yes, I, I have. That's, that's, that's terrible. 
They run the wrong way. They, yeah, yeah, they do. I, neither one of my kids. Neither one of my kids played t-ball because it didn't make any sense to me. Maybe I'm a bad parent by not letting them play t-ball. I have no idea. But to see them out there just staring at the sky and watching balls run through their legs because they can't catch. I mean, I just made no sense. I mean, like, why, why am I going to spend my time doing that? And yeah. then in basketball is oh my goodness. Now Hudson, he's six, so he's he's starting to, you know, learn the fundamentals a little bit better. Sure. But I have I have kids on my team that like just turned five. Oh boy. I mean, I, that's they, rough. They, they, they can't even figure out which way the goal is. Or they're going the wrong way, and, and it's just thankfully in in our league, you know, we um we they let the coaches stay on the floor with them because mm. if they don't let the coaches stay on the floor, I mean, it's, it is just pandemonium. The kids are going every different direction. But why? Why do we let kids play sports <sighs> at five years old? So that's been a test of patience for me here. I was going to say it is all about developing the patience. That's what it's about. Yeah, it's about developing something in the coach more than the kids because I don't think they're learning a thing. Amen. But I'm learning just a Amen. you know yeah interesting. So yeah, so we're talking about this idea of patience today and how necessary patience is for your Christian life. And when you and I think of patience, Trey, we talked about this for a little bit on Sunday morning. When we think of patience, we think about inconveniences. Mm-hmm. I know. You know, like sitting in traffic, man, I wish I had the patience to sit in traffic mm-hmm. or, or, you know, going to Walmart, man, I, I just lose my cool there. I don't have much patience at Walmart or with the kids or the case may be. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and, and those things, you know, obviously require some patience, but those are just more inconveniences on our lives that we just need to learn to deal with. When we talk about patience. When you look at in scripture about this idea of patience, it's, it's this idea of, of long suffering. Yes. Knowing yes. that that walking with Jesus is not going to be easy. Mm. It's the most rewarding thing you can do. Give your life to Jesus and follow him. It is the best thing you can do, but it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. That's right. And so when you think about the idea of patience in Scripture, it is, it is this long wait on God. Mm. Knowing that he's always at work, but he's not at work on your timetable. Boy, isn't that true? I mean, and... You know, and, and and I think I think that if we figure that out, that, that God is always at work, but he's not always at work on our timetable, and we learn to be patient with God, then all these other little things like waiting in line at Walmart or watching five-year-olds run around the court like they're crazy on a Saturday morning, all those things just... Uh, they, they just begin to not be as big a deal because you understand what patience really is. It's, it's waiting on God to fulfill his purpose in your life. It's, it's willing to go through the suffering and all those kind of things that come along in life because you know God's at work. You're just mm-hmm. going to wait. You're going to wait with joy, joyfully waiting. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think it is so childish and self-centered uh, to think somehow that God is on my timetable. Yeah, absolutely. And yet that's how we live. Why yeah. is God waiting? It seems like he could have done that yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Why did he wait three weeks? When I, you know, we have all these things we say, and I've said them all. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, and also thinking this idea of patience, it's waiting on the Lord, knowing that he's going to mm-hmm. fulfill his purpose in our lives. And it's also, you know, understanding that God is patient with us. Mm, amen to that. I mean, God, I mean, if you read some of the older patient translations. Yeah, that, that's right. And in the, in the older translations, like the KJV or the NKJV, it is that we're long suffering, mm-hmm. that God endures with us because he loves us. And and we we don't get it right and we mess up, but, but God, he continues to meet us where we are and to work with us. He doesn't give up on us. He's mm-hmm. patient with us. And then there's this calling for the spirit patience. It's not just waiting on God. That's a huge part of it. But this fruit of the spirit patient is, is being patient with other people. Mm-hmm. 
that, that because God has been patient with me, he endures with me. I'm going to endure with others. So this, this idea of patience is, is huge because it's a, it's a loaded word. There's so many different facets of this idea of patience. It's waiting on the Lord. It's knowing that God is, is patient with me. He endures with me. It's me making a decision to, to bear with others, right? Galatians mm-hmm. 6.1, I'm going to bear with the, the shortcomings of others yes. because God has done so with me. I mean, it's, it's a loaded word. Amen. Well, what I want to do today, why don't we look at five ways, and this is the key, to practice patience. So practice. how do we go about doing that we in our daily lives? It, right? You know, the measurable things that we can yeah, go back yeah, and yeah, look at. Yeah. Number one, know your patience triggers. Know your patience triggers. Now, this is where we get into some of the inconveniences, uh, some things that, that cause us to lose mm-hmm. our patience or get us frustrated. And it could be things like waiting in traffic or waiting in line at Walmart or, or kids or, you know, maybe losing our patience with our spouse or coworkers or those cases may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so what are those things that cause you to lose your patience what are those triggers and so trey you said triggers might be for you you know have a bunch of young kids in your yeah. house because you haven't had, had that in a long exactly. time that could be a trigger for you to lose your patience and to you know maybe uh, get a little fussy at home or where the case may be we all have those triggers grumpy old man grumpy stuff. old man syndrome right yeah, yeah. we all have those triggers that cause us to lose our patience mm-hmm. and so so the question is is when you identify those triggers mm-hmm. what's at the heart of those triggers what, what is it that's really causing you to lose your patience, to become a little fussy or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be? And so it's identifying the triggers and then asking the question, what's behind it? What's you know, in the heart? And that's what I said. I had to recognize that there, I felt like, which wasn't true, they were invading my space. Yeah. You know, this is, this is how I live yeah. all the time. And then they come in for a week or two. And I will expect them to live my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that, that, you know. So usually at the heart of those triggers, mm-hmm. that lack of patience is is a selfish heart. I'm yeah, just not getting my, you're getting in the way of me getting my way. Exactly. That's why I'm losing my, exactly. my patience in traffic, because you are getting in the way of me getting my way of getting home on time. Mm. I lose my patience in Walmart because you're getting in the way of me getting out of here quickly and getting back to what I need to do, right? And so at the heart of of losing our patience oftentimes is it's just a selfish heart. Mm-hmm. I want what I want now. Mm-hmm. Right. And you think about it, Trey, um, um, the things that we tend to lose our patience over these inconveniences to our time, they really are petty. Oh, I agree. So why, why, why does it matter how we handle those things? If we're, you know, just what we started with was, you know, that we're patient with God. Yeah, why yeah. does it matter that we're patient because it's with a small reflection things? of the heart that, okay. that when I learn to be patient with God, right. Mm it's going to give me a different perspective on life in general. Mm-hmm. And when I learn to be patient with God, it's going to be, give me a different perspective on others. When I learn to be patient with God, it's going to give me a different perspective on time. Mm-hmm. And so we'll get into this a little bit later in our discussion. But, okay. but, you know, you think about the time that God has given you. We said this Sunday morning, I say this quite a bit, that, that there's no such thing as wasted time in God's economy. Mm. God doesn't waste our time. No. Right. So, so, so in God's economy, waiting time is not wasted time. So even in Walmart, in that time when you're inconvenienced, that's not wasted time, right? We can actually look for opportunities to share the you can gospel. Look for opportunities to share the gospel. You can pray. Um, you can give that. I mean, there's exa- all kinds of things. Exactly. I mean, uh, it, it, and if, if nothing else, that waiting time is a character building time, mm-hmm. teaching you to persevere even in the small things like waiting in line in Walmart. Right. And so, so there's no such thing in God's economy as wasted time. Well, let me tell you what I do. Just 
to help me is when I see someone with less than I have in my hands in Walmart, yeah. I actually ask them to move forward. Mm. Then it, I'm proactive. You right, know, right. I'm waiting for a purpose because yeah. they get to go ahead yeah. of me, yeah. you know, and I'm trying to be yeah. kind. Yeah. So, you know, we need to just demonstrate yeah. that a lot more. Know your triggers. Know mm-hmm. your triggers and, and know what's at the heart of those triggers. Amen. And you'll probably find out it's just a selfish heart. Right? So, yeah, we know our patient's triggers, number one. Number two, accept what you cannot change. You can't change things. Exactly. You can't lots change. Of right, you can't lots change of things it. in life you cannot change. And, and the sooner you and I will realize that, Trey, mm. the much easier it will make our lives. We can do what we can do. We can do that's what, we can what do. I say. Yeah, that's all. You know, we just finished the whole election thing, and uh, I just feel like I'm so powerless. Well, you know, you have to vote, and then you just have yeah, to leave. It's done. It. There's you, there's nothing more it. you can do. At this do. point, we can't change the yeah. results of that election. We can't change uh, the wreck that happened. You know, a mile down the street that we're having to sit for an hour in. Yep. Yep. Those things we cannot change. And so, you know, the the reality is is oftentimes we lose our patience mm-hmm. because because we want to control things. Mm-hmm. We I want know. to control our time. We want to control what happens. I mean, we are. We're all, it seems, control freaks. I want to be in control. And the reality is, if you think about it, there's lots of things in life that you are not in control of. Ultimately, God's in control of everything. Amen. So you know that. But there's lots of, you, you, you cannot control other people. You cannot control circumstances. You can do what you can do. Mm-hmm. You can live faithfully. You can you can make plans and all those kinds of things, but you don't know what's going to happen on any given day. It reminds me of the passage in James. It's James chapter James three, right? Where or maybe it's four. I can't think off the top of my head. But where where James says, you know, you 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 people, you've planned, you've made these plans to go to such and such a city and 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 make a profit and trade and, mm-hmm. and do commerce and and come back in a year. But you don't even know what tomorrow is going to hold. You should be saying, if the Lord wills, then we'll do this or that, right? And just this idea of James saying, you're not in control of your time. Ultimately, mm-hmm. God is. And so, so you know, being patient is learning to accept the things I cannot change. I so, cannot change things, and it's okay. So maybe that's a good line to say. You know, when we say we're going to do something, yeah. I'm going to drive to Walmart if the Lord wills. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe <laughs> so, so. You know, it just kind of puts it in a whole different yeah, perspective. Just, but it is, it's all a matter of perspective. Patience is a matter of perspective. It's yeah. knowing uh, that 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 God is at work in all things, and I'm on His schedule, not my schedule. And mm. so those things I cannot change. I cannot change uh, God's work, nor should I want to, because God's work is good and perfect, and I cannot change the circumstances of my life. I, I can't change those things. And just having that perspective, I think, helps us to be patient. If we have an omnipotent God, then God brought those circumstances into our life. Yeah. And if he wanted to change them, he could. That's right. Amen. That's right. That's, so right. That's right. That kind of puts it right where it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So like we talked about, know your patience triggers, accept what you can't change. And then number three and this is a hard one this for me. This is a hard one. Embrace interruptions. Uh, we're going to talk about this in more detail on Sunday morning. So you're getting part one right now. So if you come on Sunday morning to Northwood, okay. you'll get this one a little bit more. Uh, and you're going to be interrupted a lot in life. Yeah. <laughs> you are. Right. You're going to be interrupted by by family members. You're going to be interrupted by coworkers. You're mm-hmm. going to be you're going to have lots of interruptions. And Trey, you and I know I think some things about interruptions because we're in ministry. <laughs> And because right. you live, your, your office is across well, from me. And that too. Yeah. I'm yeah. You, you, you knock on my door quite a bit, which is just fine. But, but you think about it, Trey, I mean, we're, we're interrupted quite a bit just by the nature of the we work are. that we, we do. Are. Yeah. I mean, um, it doesn't happen as much now because, you know, the, the dynamics of our church are different than previous churches. I pastor, we're a little bit larger. So we have more staff and more people that can provide care and those kinds of things. But I can remember st- starting out in ministry being, you know, the only pastor 
on, you know, on staff of a church of a hundred or so. And the pastor was expected to be at everything and do everything and to be the one who was the primary caregiver in the church. Mm-hmm. Trey, I can remember getting calls at 11 o'clock at night. Me too. Number of times. 3 a.m., 4 yeah, a.m. That, man, I can remember that happening often. Yes. You know, I can remember getting up at, you know, 2 a.m. I, I remember one time being at a, um, I was chaperoning uh, a student ministry thing as a pastor, mm-hmm. and I remember getting a call because someone had gotten in a car accident and, oh, and, and, and lost their lives. And I remember leaving, you know, a student conference with my students and leaving them there with the other chaperones and driving two or three hours to go minister to this family, getting up in the middle of the night to go do that, and yeah. then driving back to the student conference. I mean, it's wild things like that, that just, those are all interruptions, mm-hmm. And they happen all the time. You know, even if you're not in ministry vocationally, uh, your life is full of interruptions, whether it's, it's you know, someone, uh, you know, has an issue that you need to help them with. There's someone who's lost uh, a loved one and you're helping them to grieve or whatever the case may be. Life is all about the unexpected mm-hmm. interruptions that you did not schedule, you did not plan for, but oftentimes are divine interruptions that God has allowed those interruptions to give you an opportunity to minister. Amen. How do you determine, and this is probably a little off the subject, but how do you determine uh, whether something is a divine interruption or it's just an irritation? And <laughs> what I'm saying is that, you know, some people just, con- you know, it's like the little child tapping you on yeah. the arm yeah. all the time, yeah. all the yeah. time, all the time. And uh, I think, you know, you do have things you have to do. Right, right. And I always told my children they can interrupt me until they interrupted me. Yeah, right, <laughs> and then I right, said, why are you interrupting right, me? Right. Um, well, I think part of the reason why we struggle with interruptions is because many of us are so task oriented. Mm. Every day, I've got a list of things I need to do. I do, you too. know, and and for me, the beginning of the week is is a heavy workload for me, right? I have I have goals that I want to get through on Monday and Tuesday, and and so I try to push appointments out to Wednesday or Thursday um, because I have tasks I want to get done, mm-hmm. right? And so so you can ask my wife. Usually on Monday and Tuesday, I'm a little more anxious at the house because I'm trying to get my task done because I'm I have a tendency to be very task oriented. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I think for all of us, we have a tendency to be more task oriented than people oriented. Oh yeah. I, I can see you, that. You understand? Yeah. yeah and that so, makes sense. so, so here's reality is that, um, your task aren't going to follow you into eternity. <laughs> That's true. Right. Yeah, that task really list that you're checking off, and some of you listening, you you, you do this. You get mm. every day and you make a list, and you like to check that list off, and that's fine. A lot of us are wired that that way, but that task list is not going to follow you into eternity. Mm. What's going to follow you into into eternity are relationships, Amen. people that you've led to faith in Jesus Christ, or family members that are believers in Christ alongside of you. Mm-hmm. Relationships are eternal. Your tasks are not. And so I would say that when you think about these divine interruptions, if these interruptions interruptions involve people, they're probably divine. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And, and so that, that doesn't mean, you know, that, you know, um, when you have that, that person constantly wanting your attention, that you give them all your time and attention. I know that's not humanly possible, but it does mean there's probably a need there that you need to discern and think through and pray through about how you can help meet that need in some way. Mm-hmm. So I would say that if it involves people, it's, it's likely a divine interruption yeah, and, and it's just having discernment on how you handle that well. So you can give them the time they need, but at the same time, not let them monopolize your time. Mm-hmm. 
And that's a hard balance. And that's something I think you pray through and you seek counsel and you use wisdom. Uh, but, but, but that's just life. Life is full of interruptions and life is full of divine interruptions and being able to recognize those divine interruptions and, and taking advantage of those for the glory of God is hugely important. So if you're, let's, let's say you have a task that takes 30 minutes. All right. Yeah. Um, so what do you do then when they, when you're interrupted in the middle of that task, it takes 30 minutes and you know, you're about to spend 30 minutes. So what do you do? To help that. Yeah. Does, does I, that make sense? I think that gets into the next point. Okay. Well, let's uh, do go to the next point, which is number four. Do the hard stuff first. Yep. So I know every week what I've got to get done. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So, and everybody's schedule is different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, s- most of you listening aren't in full-time ministry, so your schedule is little, your schedule is different than mine, Trey, because you don't preach every week. Exactly. But I preach every week. Um, you know, and, and I love that. I love the study, and it, it takes time. It does. I mean, I, I would like Did to say, yeah, years. I would like to say that I get on Sunday morning and just open the Bible, and it, and it happens. <laughs> but it, I joke about that. But it doesn't happen that way. It yeah, does it take does. A, a, it's a it's a labor of time and and devotion. And so so the way I describe that, and I'm not trying to gain sympathy for what I do. It's just I'm just trying to describe what I do, right? Mm-hmm. So the way I describe it, to people with with um, with preaching is it's like writing a 20 page research paper every week and then having to get up and deliver it. If you went to college, you remember those things. You remember, oh, the, you remember the constant. I'm shaking my head yeah, right now. You remember the pressure of having to write that paper. Well, that's preaching every single week. It's the same mm-hmm. thing. You have to write a 20 page research paper and then get it presented 50 times a year. Yeah. Or how, yeah. Unless you get a few more weeks off, but that's, that's <laughs> so, but here's the thing about preaching too. Sunday comes every single week. Yeah. With there's not fail. there's not a week that doesn't have a Sunday in it. You can't go to the people and say, "Hey, can I get an extra day on yeah, that?" Yeah, that just doesn't <laughs> happen that way. Yeah, if you take a if you I'll, you're going to get a B instead of an A, but I'll go ahead and let yeah, you have another yeah. day. It doesn't work that way at so, all. So there are lots of facets to my ministry. Lots of different things I have to accomplish during the week. You know, people to minister, but that but that preaching thing takes a huge chunk of time. You know, mm-hmm. the prep. I mean, there's you know 15, 16, 17 hours of prep and study and prayer and then delivery and all that kind of stuff. So that's a huge chunk of time. And so for me, I know I've got to get that done. And so for me, it's even if I know that during the week, I've already got appointments coming up or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. I'm going to start even earlier on those hard things Sunday night. Or a lot of times I'll start working on a message for the following Sunday, uh, a week or two weeks in advance, mm-hmm. because I know it's coming. Right, right? right. So for me, it's always, okay, what's the hard stuff? What, what are those things I must get done? I'm going to find time to work in, in, in downtime, in waiting time, in margin time, mm-hmm. I'm going to find time to work on those kinds of things. So I have an extra hour at home in the evening. I might pull out my notes and start working a little bit. If I'm in Walmart, I'm not gonna pull out my notebook, but I might be thinking through it. All right. And this is, here's some thoughts I have when you put these down on paper as soon as I get in the car or when I get back to the mm-hmm. office. And so finding that, that, that time to work on the hard things. So those hard things get done so that when the interruptions do come, when that person needs 30 minutes of my time, mm-hmm. it's not that big of a deal because I've already built time in to do the hard things, those things, those tasks I have to get done. You've not waited till Saturday night right. and then you find out that somebody is sick at the hospital and you got to take off and you still hadn't prepared your sermon. You right. Know? So, so in a lot of ways for all of us, it is, it's, it is learning some basic time management mm-hmm. skills and a basic time management skills. And you've probably heard this before, Trey. Um, I forget who, who coined this phrase, but it's, it was, it's a popular time management phrase is you eat the frog first. Yeah. 
First thing in the morning. You get up because eating the frog is the hardest thing you got to do. Nobody likes to eat a frog. So (laughs) if that's on your task list, go ahead and eat the frog and get it done so you can move on. Mm -hmm. And so we all have things like that in our careers or in our homes, things that we know we've got to get done. And so get those things done. Don't delay. Don't procrastinate because the reality is you're going to be interrupted. Mm -hmm. And if you procrastinate and and then you're interrupted, then during that interruption, you're not going to see it as a divine interruption. You're going to see it as inconvenient. Convenience. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? This person might really need ministry, but I'm so focused on that task I've got to get done that I can't give them my time and attention because my head's somewhere else, mm-hmm. right? But if you focus on eating the frog first, getting those hard things done, when that interruption comes, you've already built in some margin time because you've already been working on that mm-hmm. hard thing. You might not be done with that hard thing, but you've built some margin in so that you can minister in that divine interruption and then get back to finishing that task later on. So it's all about time management and, and not being a procrastinator. Mm-hmm. That really helps. I think with age, th- this is an advantage to age. You know, um, uh, when I speak to the youth, for instance, mm-hmm. um, I and or when I preach, because I have the time, I've already spent, you know, I start three or four weeks in advance yeah. just getting the process going. Yeah. I don't get to the moment of it. So, yeah, I think yeah. that's to do the hard stuff yeah, first. And that's a great way to develop patience is just mm-hmm. making sure those tasks that have to be done, they get done so that you do have margin time. So that when the interruptions come, you're available for those interruptions because they're coming. They're coming often. They are coming. And uh, we, we, I actually think we should, instead of being, oh, oh, my heavens, I can't believe. I think we need to be those kind of people that say, you know, what is I know this is hard to say, but what does the Lord have for me in yeah, this? Yeah, you know, yeah. And there's anyway. a great phrase you use around here, Trey, that you often, when we have guests on Sunday morning, you have, you, you say something like, do you have any questions about our church? And I have the time to listen. Yeah. You say that a lot. I have the time. Yeah. How, is there any other way I can serve you? Because we have the time. Yeah. yeah. So it's a big deal. It is a big deal. And that leads me to number five, which is, and you've been saying this over and over again, but I, I, I it's good to, we can kind of break it down yeah. here. Take advantage of waiting time. Yeah. There's going to be waiting time. There's going to be divine interruptions. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be just times that you're forced to wait. Right. Uh, you know, obviously in our faith, it, it, we wait a lot. We wait mm-hmm. a lot on the Lord to, uh, accomplish the purpose he wants to accomplish in our lives. We, mm-hmm. But we wait in, in other areas, right? We talked about the waiting in line at Walmart or waiting in traffic or whatever the case may be. There's a lot of waiting time in life. There just really is. And, and, and what I've learned to do over the years is to see the waiting time as a good time for me to, to, to develop some things, right? Mm-hmm. To develop some skills, to develop whatever, because waiting time can be used to listen, to a podcast, to read it, just very practical things. And the listening things can be done in the car yeah, while you're yeah. waiting in that traffic. Yeah. And just be prepared for it. Yeah. Don't say, man, I wish I had a broad or yeah. where is that? I wish I had a, you know. Yeah. So one of the things I do is I, I use an e-reader, a Kindle, mm-hmm. something like that kind of device to uh, read. I don't carry paper books anymore, just my preference. And everywhere I go, I take my Kindle mm-hmm. everywhere. So if I find myself and, you know, I've got the Kindle app on my phone. Yeah. Uh, so if I find myself in a place where I have to wait, an appointment, I have to sit and wait for 30 minutes to see the doctor or, you know, wherever I might find myself and I'm forced to wait, I can pull my phone out or my Kindle out and I can read mm-hmm. and I can, you know, or, you know, my device I can take notes on so I can, I can work on something. So just always using that waiting time to your advantage so that you can be growing in something, developing a skill, a listening, learning, reading, just see that waiting time as a time to grow. Amen. You know, it's interesting because when I used to go to doctor's offices or whatever it was, somewhere you had to wait in a waiting room. I always just sat there and read the stupid magazines about stupid things. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, 
who's marrying who and all the stuff, you know, People Magazine. Yeah. But the great thing was getting to that point, it was probably, I don't know, 15 years ago, where I said, you know, this is no reason to sit right, here and do right, nothing. Right, right. Bring your Kindle or bring your book or whatever. You know, when I go to the beach, for instance, I always bring a book that I want yeah, to finish. Yeah. And so I'll read read my books a lot of times. I don't bring Kindles to the beach, but yeah. I bring my books. And it, it, it's a great yeah. time, great so, opportunity. So, again, I think what's helpful is um, not seeing those times when you're forced to wait mm-hmm. as wasted time. Yeah. It's maybe think of it as extra time. Wow. I like that. Right. Yeah. Because during that extra time where you've got nothing, you can't go anywhere. You can't do it. You got to sit and wait on somebody or something mm-hmm. or an appointment or whatever. During that extra time, that's a great time for you to work on something. Amen. Pray. Give thanks to God. Make a phone call. Write a note to somebody. Mm-hmm. Send somebody a text message. You need some encouragement. There's all kinds of ways that you can use that waiting time to your advantage and even use that waiting time for a kingdom purpose. Amen. Amen. Okay. So when we talk about patience, what is uh, the takeaway today is going to be that one skill. What would you say it is? Yeah. That one skill. I would say that one skill, like we talked about was, okay, learn to manage your time. Well, Mm -hmm. get those hard things done so that you have that margin time for when the interruptions come, you're prepared and you can use them as opportunities for the kingdom of God. Because the interruptions are coming, get ready for them. And that'll naturally develop the patience yeah, in your life. absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. Well, Pastor, it's been a good good opportunity to just examine our time yeah. a little yeah. bit. So uh, why don't you close us out and get us ready for next week? Yep. I hope this has been helpful for you today, and I hope that uh, you're challenged to, to uh, grow in patience, to not let the inconveniences of life get in the way of what God wants to do in your life. And so if this has been helpful for you today, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review. That's always helpful. Helps get the word out about our podcast. And as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life 